Thank you for downloading the podcast. We believe the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Careful to teach. I always try to be careful to teach, but especially on this subject, we've been studying faith after we studied redemption for many weeks. Then we began to study the application of who we are, what we have, what we can do in Christ. The Bible does say, without faith it is impossible to please Him. For those that come to Him must believe He is and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. So we've been dealing with what we call the principles of faith so that the concept of faith will operate correctly in our lives. We've talked about faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. That's the only source of faith is God's Word. God's Word has power in it and the ability of God's Word is the ability to convince you of the reality of that which you cannot contact with your senses. Before your body says you're healed, your spirit will say you're healed. Before money comes into your pocketbook, your spirit will know it's prosperous. Amen. Before you ever meet Jesus physically, you know that he's real and you know that heaven's your home. That's all because of faith. By faith we cannot pray. By faith we cannot worship. By faith we cannot praise. And by faith, we cannot live for God. So it's important that we understand all these different concepts and principles so that they working together will tap into the unseen realm, which that is where our provision is, and bring it into the seen realm. So growing up as a preacher, as a minister, I heard a lot of teaching on faith. And most of it was in the, in the arena or in the area of faith cometh by hearing, the word of God. Or confession. We studied confession last week. We saw where life and death is in the power of the tongue. However, a believer needs a good word-based confession. And how you shouldn't talk the problem, you ought to talk the answer. Amen? And that's what confession is all about. Confession doesn't mean to confess your sins continually. It actually means to say the same thing as. So we like to say the same thing as the word says. Amen? But now today, this subject here, I did not hear a lot of teaching. I heard a little bit. A very limited amount of teaching. So I made a decision years ago to begin to dig into this subject. And begin to look at what the Word of God said about it. Because I, I, I understood uh, by studying the Word that if we don't get the uh, perception of the Word of God on it, then we don't have anything. It's just traditional religion. But if we can get what the Word of God says, then we get God's ability in the area. Amen. And that is the subject on, uh, on once faith is coming to your spirit. And once you begin to make a confession of faith. What do you do next? How do you act on the Word of God? It will take an act of faith to get you what you need from God. You need healing in your body. You can take the confession scriptures and meditate and confess and meditate and confess and meditate and confess and meditate and confess. Then the day will come when God said, do this. Would say, do this. Amen. We thank God for all of those that get healed by the laying on of hands. They get healed by uh, special gifts of healing, working of miracles. But listen, if you're standing in faith today for healing to manifest in your body, which means you're not sick, you are the healed of God, and you're using the Word of God to fight off the symptoms of some sickness and disease that are trying to attach itself to your body, then there will come a point when God demands action of you, when you will have to act. You'll have to say no to the doctor. You'll have to put down the medication. You'll have to quit going for the treatments or whatever it is. That day will come. But you want to know it's God telling you to and not somebody else. Can I get a better amen than that? When it comes to your finances, 
We could teach on finances all day. There's, there's, there's I believe, over 2,000 scriptures that in some way or another uh, deal with money in the Bible, either the wisdom to handle it or actually giving and receiving. But listen, if we, if we memorized all of them and spoke them every service and never actually gave money, it'd do us no good. No good whatsoever. So we're going to have to learn some things. This is the area. Now, understand this very clearly. That's why we're going to take a couple of weeks to really dig into it. I want you to listen closely, pay attention, because many of you will get an answer to your dilemma that what you're in right now, that when God speaks to you, this is what you do. You'll know it's God. Amen? And you'll come out of that situation or circumstance you're in. But this is the arena. This is the area in which Satan will fight you the most. He either does not want you acting on the Word of God, or he wants to do, want you to do something that is not God, thinking that it is God, doing it, and it not be God. Amen? He knows that if you act on the Word of God, then you are bringing out of the unseen realm into the seen realm His power, His ability, His anointing, and the greatness of His Word. You are demonstrating the defeat of the devil, and bringing into your own hands the provision that God has laid up for you in the unseen or in the spirit realm. No wonder the devil will fight you when it comes to acting in faith. Amen? Now, did you find the gospel of Luke chapter 6? All the way at the end there in verse 46, Luke 6 verse 46. Jesus is speaking here. He says, Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings, And doeth them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man which buildeth his house, and diggeth deep, and laid a foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, and the stream beat vehemently upon that house, and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth, Against, against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Now, Jesus is showing us two kinds of people. One is one that hears the word and responds to it. The other hears the word and does not respond to it. Now, both of them built a house, and both of them suffered a storm in life. A- amen? It didn't say the flood wouldn't come to the one that obeys the word. Floods come to both houses. I said floods come to both houses. Storms come to both houses. But one of them, the Bible says, he was a hearer and a doer. The other was a hearer and a non-doer. Therefore, we must decide to be hearers and doers of the word of God. Being a hearer and a doer of the word of God causes us to be settled upon the foundation of who he is. The foundation reality of Jesus Christ is not just adhering to his lordship, but obeying his lordship and acting upon it so that the foundation of our life is sure. No matter what comes your way, you're not afraid. No matter what comes your way, you're not in fear. No matter what what the doctor's report or the banker's report may be or what they say about uh, the economy, you're not shaken by that because you know you are founded upon the rock. And the rock needs two components. One, the most important, is Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. 
Number two, and just as important, is your adherence to what he says and your obedience to that. That creates a foundation that will cause you to have an unshakable faith. And I want you to know, if anybody needs unshakable faith, it is us. In this day and in this hour in which the world itself seems to be convulsing with all that's going on, we seem to be at the end of an age, at the end of a dispensation, at the end of a generation, and maybe even at the end of a season. I don't know. But this I do know. We need in the body of Christ in this day, in this hour, unshakable faith founded upon the reality of Jesus Christ, who he is in us and our adherence to us in thought, in word, and in deed. Now, if you will go to the book of James, the book of James, chapter 2, let's read here just a moment what, what the pastor here has to say, Pastor James. Now, remember, this is not, you know, it's not Peter, James, and John. It's not one of the sons of thunder. This is James, who is actually what we would call, scripturally, and we would be correct in saying this, the half-brother of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, why would you say he's a half-brother? They shared the same mother, but not the same father. James' father was Joseph. Jesus' father was God. So he is a half-brother. He is related to him. He became the pastor at the church of Jerusalem. God gave him great wisdom in pastoring the church. I like what one preacher told me years ago, uh, uh, a sister, uh, J.R. Goodwin, told me that the book of Proverbs uh, to the Old Testament, the book of James is to the New Testament, like the book of Proverbs is to the Old Testament. It is a book of wisdom. It is a book of application. We studied it last week when it talked about the tongue, great wisdom about the tongue. Now it's talking to us about acting upon the Word of God. Listen to what it says here in verse 14. We'll start there. What doth it profit, my brethren, Though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? We'll answer that in just a moment. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest there was one God. Thou doest well, the devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then how by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was Rahab the harlot justified by works, when she had received the messengers, and sent them out another way. Now notice very closely verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead... So faith without works is dead also. Now notice, verse 17. Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Verse 20, 20, verse 20. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? And then verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. So We can conclude by the scripture very 
adamantly, the Holy Ghost is trying to get over to us that faith without works is dead. So the reciprocal of that truth is, is this. If faith without works is dead, then faith with works is alive or living. Listen, it is not your strong heart. It is not your healthy lungs and healthy liver and healthy stomach. It is not anything physical about you that gives you life. You can have the, the, the most in-shape body, the strongest heart, eat all the right uh, food, take the right vitamins, go to the doctor at the right time, have all the right vaccinations and inoculations. But if I could reach into you and grab your spirit and pull it out of your body, your body would fall over dead. It is your human spirit that gives your body life. And in the same way, it is the act of faith that gives your faith life. So if faith without works is dead, then faith with works is alive or living. Now, this is where, we've said it just a moment, moment ago, this is where the devil trips, he's tripped me up, he's tripped you up, he'll trip us up in the future. You say, don't, don't say that. No, no, this is just reality. This is, this is just to help you to understand what I'm saying. But here's the thing. If you will make a decision that I'm going to act on the Word of God, and when I miss it and fail, I'm not, I'm not going to let it stop me from continuing to act on the Word of God. If I blow it, if I mess up, if I, if I think God told me to do it and I do it and it wasn't God at all, I'm still not going to let me stop this. Let that stop me from proceeding into the things of God. This is the arena in which the enemy will put thoughts in your mind. He'll put all kinds of spiritual things. He'll give you feelings. He'll got, try to get you to do something crazy, something out of, out of whack. But God, if you will wait on God as you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, if you will wait on God, God will show you what to do. Now, back, back to verse Back to verse 14. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? The answer to that is no. If the answer were yes, then there would be no more teaching behind this scripture. Now, first of all, he is not referring to eternal salvation. We know Ephesians 2 uh, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For by grace you are saved through faith, not of works. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. You must have faith to get saved. All it takes to get saved is to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. But then, once you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, there should be some corresponding actions in your life that show forth the reality that you have been saved. I tell you, when I got saved, there are things I quit doing. That was an act of faith. There were things I started doing. That was an act of faith. Now let me say this. I never heard anybody preach this. But I can bear it out by the word. God in his sovereignty has the ability to speak things into existence. And God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was so. And God said, and the earth and the stars and the moon found their place. And God said, and he created the universe. And God said, and he created the sky and the sun. And God said, and he set the oceans in order. And God said, all of this activity, God speaking, God speaking, God speaking, God speaking, God speaking. But the human being must speak and act. You say, why? Because there is a dividing line between deity and humanity. You say, can I just speak to the mountain? Yeah, but you're going to have to go to the mountain to speak to it. 
And you may have to start speaking with a shovel in your hand. Knowing that on the other side of the mountain is Jesus with a bulldozer. Can I get an amen? You say, what are you trying to prove? I'm telling you that God has the ability to speak things into existence. We also have that ability, but we must act upon it. Because we are humanity and he is deity. And there is a line that divides the two. Now, notice what it says here. Can faith save? Well, if the answer is no, then that must mean there's something we have to do. I know that there's people that come to Island Church, and they get saved, and they give their heart to the Lord, and they go out, and there's no, there's no corresponding action to what they believe in their heart and confess with their mouth, and they fall right back into the same rut. I mean, by 4 o'clock in the afternoon, they're drinking or they're smoking dope or they're doing something. And then what happens? Here comes the condemnation of the devil. Here comes all of the guilt. Here comes all of that. And the next time it's time to come to church, they don't go because they're convicted and they're condemned and they're full of guilt. I think, what's the use of this? I don't want to go to church because it makes me feel bad. When in reality, no matter how many times you fall, you need to get yourself back up with faith in your salvation and its ability to eventually set you free from anything that binds you. A lot of people, that's why they fail. is because they let their fail. I remember one time, uh, Brother Osteen told us this uh, when we were in Bible school. And Lakewood Church at that time, well, it still is just the greatest church there is. But back then, it was just a, on the forefront of missions and, and going to the world and preaching the gospel. And he said this. He said, Lakewood Church never got great because I never failed. He said it got great because I never let one failure stop me from proceeding forward in that which God had called me to do. And you got to understand, you'll never be a great believer because you never fail. If that's your problem, failure, then you might as well just check it in right now. But I guarantee you, if you will make a decision, failure will never stop me. It will never stop me from proceeding forward. It will never stop me from staying in the Word of God. It will never stop me from doing what God has called me to do. Hallelujah. Lift your hands up. Thank you, Jesus. So remendeme. So recepe que esti bridia nele masabro do sofre que este nehete. Risi bringidi basabro do sofre que esto se branda behe. Manrebo si brekis para hasebro do sofre que hesete. And if you will shake yourself from the failures of the past and refuse to examine and look at them any longer and turn your eyes to the Savior and turn your eyes to the Master and forget all of that that is behind and press forward into what is before you, then I will cause all of that to drop off of your life and you will proceed into the success that I have planned for you and you will see the provision and the will of God released in your life. So do not hang on to it, but this morning there is an anointing to let it go, let it go, let it go and walk into the provision of God. Hallelujah. Woo, thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. Well, if that's you, just lift your hands and just shake yourself loose from it. I've made mistakes. I've missed it. I thought God talked to me. I thought God said it and it wasn't God. That's all right. Shake yourself loose from it and proceed forward into the things of God. Hallelujah. Woo. Glory to God. Man, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Interrupt my preaching anytime he wants to. Now notice. Now remember this is the brother of Jesus. So he's going to copy his big brother a little bit. So he gives us an illustration. If a brother or sister be naked, destitute of daily food, one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Now it, listen, here you are. We're all sitting here together in an island church. So a couple of months later, you're walking down the, the, the beach, seawall, 
up here by 50, uh, 51st Street, and there sits one of your brothers and sisters right there on the bench, right across from the St. Louis. So you see them, and their clothes are tattered, and, and they look like they hadn't eaten, and, and they're, just, they're just, you know, uh, just, uh, you can tell they're in terrible shape. So you walk up to them, and you say, now look, look, listen, listen, brother, listen, sister, go in, check, in, check into the St. Louis, Order room service, get you a steak, a baked potato, get you a piece of key lime pie and a big lemonade, and then go down to the clothing shop and get you some new clothes and dress yourself, and, and, and then you just say it, and you just turn and walk away. What good did it do to just say that? It did no good. It did no good to just say that. Then James tells us, even so, faith, if it hath not works, just as in this illustration, it does no good just to say that to that person. It does no good to say you have faith and not act on it. Now, he gets a little bit more in depth. Now, first of all, before I go to the next scripture, think of the dilemma of Pastor James in the church of Jerusalem. They had all kind of preachers coming through, people like, uh, people like Peter and John and you know, people that had done great things and people like Paul. Could you imagine sitting under Paul's ministry? And when you get a lot of people listening to a lot of teaching, but not acting upon the teaching that they're getting, you end up with a lot of super spiritual people. And I want you to know, super spiritual people will give you a headache. They will give you a headache. God doesn't want super spiritual people. God wants supernatural people. Supernatural people are people that hear the word and act upon it. Super spiritual people are people who can tell you everything about the Bible and everything about what brother so-and-so said and everything about what sister so-and-so said and about the revival they had in 1992 and about the move of God they had in 1998 and they can tell you everything about everybody but they've never acted on the word of God, never received anything from God and they're real super spiritual with a big old stack of Bibles and tapes. They never, never even really received anything themselves. I would rather people at Island Church know this much Bible and act on it than know this much Bible and never act on it. So James was probably facing that dilemma of a big old church full of super spiritual people. So he, the next scripture inspired by the Holy Ghost, he says, Yea, a man may say thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Now that's, you're kind of like, what? Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But that wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. Now he adds the word vanity to it. Let me read it in the Amplified. It'll help you. Verse 18. But someone will say to you then, you say you have faith, I have good works. Now you show me your alleged faith apart from any good works if you can, and I, by good works of obedience, will show you my faith. You believe that God is one, you do well, so do the demons believe and shudder in terror and horror, such as make a man's hair stand on end and contact the surface of his skin. Are you willing to be shown proof, you foolish, unproductive, spiritually deficit fellow, that faith, apart from good works, is inactive, ineffective, and worthless. <laughs> woo -hoo! I think he's got a bone to pick with somebody. Now think about this. Here is your enemy. 
his advantage over you is his ability to see the spirit realm. Now, he is not a creature of revelation knowledge. We are creatures of revelation knowledge. God gives, gives us revelation. He doesn't give it to the devil. The Bible says of Satan, if the princes of this world would have known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. The dumbest thing the devil ever did was to allow Jesus to be crucified. So he didn't know. Everybody say he didn't know. So he sees in the spirit realm. He sees you hearing the word. He knows what happens when you hear the word. He knows faith comes. He hears you confessing. Speaking, thank you, Father. You supply all of my need. Thank you, I give, and it comes back to me. Good measure, press down, shake it down. Thank you, Heavenly. He heals. Thank you. By His stripes, I'm healed. I've been delivered from the power of darkness. Thank you, the law of the Spirit of life. He hears that. He hears that. He sees that. He sees you doing that. He knows as long as all you do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, He knows you are still bound to the unseen realm. You're cooperating with the unseen realm. Remember what we said about words, they touch both realms. If you don't believe that, then, then don't pray. But your words are the only thing you possess that touch both realms. They touch the natural and the spirit realm. So he sees you praying. He sees you speaking the word. But he knows if you ever act on what you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, then you take from the unseen realm into the seen realm his defeat and God's provision. No wonder the devil doesn't want you acting on the word. No wonder he wants you confused. No wonder he wants your mind all messed up. No wonder every time you fail and blow it, he says, you can't get this thing to work. It's not going to work for you. It worked for Pastor Rusty. It worked for some other preacher. You know, It worked for some other son. But it's not going to work. You ain't got it. He's a liar. He's a liar. He's doing everything he can get you to do to stop you from acting on what God's. So he brings this confusion in. The assumption or presumption. Many people, what happens to them, and this is how the devil confuses them, they end up with faith in their action instead of faith in God's Word. Now, let me illustrate this, something we can all understand. Say I'm believing God. Say I need, I, I need $1,000. I need it by Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock. And so I've given. So I felt like God spoke to me. And said, give an extra $100 in the, in the offering this morning. Now, I'm not believing God for this. is just an illustration. So I, I, I said, well, God's, God spoke to me to give an extra $100. So I gave an extra $100 in the offering. Now, I'm confessing the word. Yes, sir. Faith is in my heart. I'm not, it's not in my head. It's in my heart. I believe. I know God's God of prosperity. Thank you, Father. You supply all of my needs. Thank you, I gave. It's coming back to me, good measure. Pressed down, shaken together. I believe I receive $1,000, and I receive it by 1030. Now, all of a sudden, Monday comes. Now, a little more pressure gets on me. A little more pressure. Now, it's Monday. Thank you, Father. I believe I receive. My God supplies all of my need. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, you give me the ability to obtain wealth. Thank you for my $1,000. Thank you for my $1,000. So, Monday comes. I mean, Tuesday comes. I still haven't got my $1,000. The mail comes at the house, no $1,000 check. At the church, no $1,000 check. It's 9.45. So I'm in there praying in my office. Lord, now you saw me give that $100. Now, Lord, you know I've been faithful to tithe and offer all these years of ministry. 
I've given out of the ministry. I've given personally. I've given tens of thousands, even millions of dollars over the past 30 years. I gave that $10,000 check to that, to that missionary. I bought that, that car for that other missionary for $28,000. We air conditioned that church. We've done this. We've done that. I've done this. I've done that. I've done this. We've done this. We've done that. See what I'm doing? See what I'm doing? I'm transferring my faith from what the Word says to my actions. I am assuming my obedience will get the attention of God. A mistaken assumption. You say, well, how do you pray at, 1045, at 945 in the morning? You pray like this. Father, now I've obeyed your word, and I've tithed, and I've, but I'm, forget all that. That means nothing. You said, my faith is in what you said. You said you would supply all of my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I don't care if I've got the $1,000 or not. I know you will make a way where there seems to be no way. I have trust and faith in you. And if it comes 10 o'clock and the money's not there, I still trust you. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Even if you do, heat it up seven times. Even if you do, throw us into them. See, they were acting in faith. They were acting in faith. And if you do, it does not matter to us. Our God will. Their faith was not in their ability to be good people, to obey the laws of God. Their faith was in their God. You've got to keep your faith in the Word. Yeah, I've acted on the Word. Yeah, I've stood on the Word. But my faith is in what you have said, not in my my ability to obey it or not in my ability to obey what you've told me to do. Then you get that out of the way and it comes at you from another angle. You say, what do you mean? Well, you heard brother so-and-so. He gave away his wristwatch. And he got $10,000. And then he wrote the book. How to give away your wristwatch. And get $10,000. And then sister so-and-so, she got all inspired doing a praise and worship service. She was going blind in her eyes. And she came and threw her glasses on the ground, stomped on And now she doesn't even have to wear glasses. Her eyes are perfectly hung. And then brother so-and-so, he got hands laid upon him in the service. And he went home and poured all his medication down the, down the toilet. And hadn't had to take another pill since then. And don't we rejoice over those testimonies? So you think, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give away my wristwatch. I'm going to stomp my glasses. Throw my pills in the toilet. And what happens is you don't know what time it is. You can't see to drive home. And we have to call the ambulance for you at 530 because you're going into a convulsion because you hadn't had your medication. Uh, you, want, you want the real truth? Amen. I mean, you want me to teach you that this is, this is the way it happens? Because your faith was inspired faith. Inspired what? Sister Jones did, Brother Bob did, Brother this one did, Brother that one did. You're inspired by their obedience to what God told them. But here's the reality of the thing. Listen, I could be serving God for 29, 30 years and obey God on this level, and you can just get saved last week and God speak to you to just tithe this week, and you need $1,000, and he'll supply your need and my need, both the same need, but each one of us on different levels of faith. Me obeying a different word than you get, you just obeying the word. So he's always trying to trip us up. Getting to, and then there's faith by association. 
Well, I, I, I go to Island Church, and, and I read a book by Kenneth Hagin. <laughs> well, the devils don't care. You must understand that as you meditate upon the Word, as you hear it taught and preached, as you read your Bible, faith comes. Then the primary way you begin to release it is through confession. And the purpose of believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth is to position you to hear the voice of your Father to act on the Word. And if you don't do that, then the enemy will derail you. And the problem is, this is the most difficult area. This is where people fail. This is where people give it up. This is where people say, that stuff does not work. That faith stuff is for the birds. I believed in my heart. I confessed with my mouth. And I did this and it didn't work. And I did that didn't work. And I did this and it didn't work. And I did that and it didn't work. And I've done all, I've done everything I can do and it didn't work. No, it's not that it didn't work. It's that you didn't work it. You got caught up in assumption. You got caught up in presumption, which we all do. We all get inspired. But if you will just stay steady and patient and wait on the Lord, then up out of your spirit will begin to rise up in struggle. And you'll know. You'll know. You won't have to come ask me. Some people come ask me, Pastor, I, I, you laid hands on me. Man, I felt the power of God go through me. Should I quit taking my medicine? You know what I'm going to tell you? I'm going to tell you, you know you better if you got to come ask me. It's like if you, came at, if you came and asked me, am I saved? You know what I'd say? Nope. You say, why would you say that? If you got to ask me if you're saved, you're not. You get what I just said? No, 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 no. God will speak to you personally. You don't need a word from the pastor. You don't need a word from some... No, no. God is setting you up by believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth. He is setting you up to hear in your spirit his still small voice. Or he may give you a dream. Or he may speak to you by the Holy Ghost. Or he may do something even stronger than that. But he will tell you what to do. And when you do it, you'll work. It'll work. And it's worth missing it here and missing it there and missing it on Tuesday and Friday and next month and next year. It's worth it to stay in there and get to the place where you don't miss it and it does work. Oh, my time has flown away. Glory to God. Now, okay, we'll do that. Yeah, a man may say that has faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man. That's where I want, that's where I want to close today. We'll pick that up next week. Wilt thou know, O vain man. Now, the first time he just says, faith without works is dead. Second time, wilt thou know, O vain man. Vain man or vain woman. Vanity is what? Outward. An outward putting on. You say, well, Pastor, I got, I got me some beads and a cross. I've got me a statue of Mary I pray to. I got me a statue of Peter and James. I got a statue of Jesus. I've got, an, I've got this. I've got that. Religion always tries to produce works that seem to have a, a spirit or, a, or an air of significance to it. Paul calls them dead works. Works that seem to have spiritual significance but have no basis in the Word of God. You can have, you can have a solid gold rosary with a cross on the end made out of diamonds. That doesn't get you to God any quicker. 
You can pray to Mary all day long. Amen. That doesn't get you. See, that's vanity. That's a religious, that's an outward putting on. A lot of times, what we do is our last success in faith. After we have received from God successfully, the check came, the doctor's report came, and here we are, healed and blessed financially. It becomes the template of what we think is our next miracle. In reality, it has now become a dead works because it is not the repetition of what you did the first time to get it. Now you've got a new fight of faith going on and God's going to tell you something completely different. Mm, how... Use this as a physical illustration. Here you stand. You're believing God. Christ's doctor said, banker said, whatever. So you're praying, I need it. So, your idea in your head is that my answer and my relief is to return me to the place I was at before I had the problem. When I had the money in my hands, when I had the health in my body. We'll just use those two illustrations. God says, I will never return you to that place because it was in that place you were vulnerable. It was in that place you were, re- were weak. And it was in that place you were not resistant. Now I have brought you to this place where you are believing me for an answer. To hear from me. To act so that you can do what I've told you to do. Are you with me? Therefore I will deliver you to another place. Where you are not vulnerable like you were. To the last place you were at before you had the problem. So you get to this place and you're delivered. You've got the answer. So, another attack comes. And what you want to do is you want to go back to the place where you got a hold of God. Because I got a hold of God here. And I got a hold of God by giving my wristwatch away. And I got a hold of God here. But God says, just like I didn't want to deliver you back to the place you were from, amen, back to the place I delivered you to another place, Neither do I want you to think you can go back to that place and get what you need now. I want you to come to another place that's like where you were, but it's not the same place. Because I bring you from faith to faith, glory to glory. We're going to teach on that later when we teach on change. I bring you from faith to faith, glory to glory. Now I've got you in a new place where you're believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, Piercing the spirit realm, bringing in the provision of God, the defeat of Satan. And now I will speak to you to do something else that will deliver you again to another place. You grow in your character. You grow in your faith. You grow in your prayer life. You grow in the word. You grow in your experience. You grow in your service to God. And then you look back over the years and you see how far you've come. Faith to faith, glory to glory. Faith to faith, glory to glory. Faith to glory, faith, glory to glory. And the Bible says, by doing so, you change. You metamorphose. You grow from the inside out. So faith without works is dead. Wasn't that a beautiful tongue and interpretation? If you've had, and I listen, I've done so many stupid things. Lord have mercy. And he lets me be the pastor. <laughs> Amen. I remember driving from a prayer meeting in Tulsa one time. I, uh, Kenneth Hagin uh, Prayer Conference, 1984. It was actually during the 4th of July holidays. I left at midnight on Saturday. 3,000 people with their hands screaming, Oh! 
People running around, rolling on the floor, laughing, crying, people going crazy. I took off out of there, prayed in the Holy Ghost from Tulsa to Dallas. Came into Dallas about, oh, it was probably about four in the morning. Came into Dallas, and, and I, thought, I thought something said, turn here. I turned here. Some said, turn there. I turned here. Some said, turn here. I said, turn there. Some said, turn here. And all of a sudden, I came to the reality, I was lost. And I pulled over to a convenience store, and I walked in, and I said, I don't know. I, how do you get back to I-45? I was 20 miles from I-45. I thought, how in the world did I get there? <laughs> then about, about, about six months later, I was sitting at the table. We lived over here in, in Harvard Lafitte. I was at my parents' house when I was going to Bible school, and I was sitting there, and a number popped in my head, so I dialed it on the phone. I was sitting there. I've been praying. I've been doing my lesson for Bible school. I'm spiritual. I'm Bible school. I dial up the phone. I call it up. I say, a guy answered the phone. I said, sir, you don't know me, but I'm a Bible school student. I go to Lakewood Bible Institute, and I'm here studying for a test, and God put your number on my heart. He said, you blankety blank blank. You blank blank. Don't ever blank blank call my phone. Blank blank. Blankety blank 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 blank. Hung up the phone. I told that story one time. Somebody said, you were just planting seed. No, I, no, I got cussed out, buddy. I wasn't planting no seed. I didn't even get to seed out, and I was cussed out. Amen. And I've done other things. I could line them up, man, the, 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 the trophy case of stupidity. But there have been other times when I had made the right turn, and I did make the right call, and I did do the right thing. And God's blessing and God's provision and God's power and God's anointing came and did what God said it's do. And it's worth every stupid thing you do to just stay with it, stick with it till God does show up and you do do the right thing. That is faith in action. And God shows up and you receive a miracle. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and thank him this morning. Father, we bless your name. We thank you, Heavenly Father. Lord, that we can't act. We can hear your voice. Jesus, you said you're the good shepherd, the chief shepherd, the great shepherd. We hear your voice. Another we do not follow. And Father, I thank you for healing, for prosperity, for breakthrough, for blessing, for whatever we need. We can act upon your word, Lord. And Father, when we miss it, we'll just repent. We'll just say sorry. And we'll say, devil, you're not going to defeat us. But we will stand on the word of God. We will do what God calls us to do. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed, just for a moment, just for a moment. Thank you for joining us today. We trust you enjoyed the podcast. We extend an invitation to you. Come join us in one of our services, Sunday morning, 1045, Tuesday prayer, 730, Thursday evening, midweek service, 730. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. See you there.